Hello, everyone. Welcome to Marriage, Faith, and Family uh, with the Kingdom Business Network. We have uh, co-facilitators here, the Davises, Essie, Adrian. So before we get started, Adrian, Jamal, are you with yes. us? Yes, yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. How was your day? It was good. <laughs> Jamal's knees just popped. <laughs> Jamal, your knees popped? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I was at a safe place. She tried to. I just had a birthday. So she, she just turned forty-one. To <laughs> oh, you got poppy knees. <laughs> poppy knees. I didn't know what the noise was. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get myself together. Oh like, my I, goodness. I'm gonna, she was I'm gonna walk in love. <laughs> you gonna walk in love with your poppy knees? <laughs> Where is Bishop? You're gonna walk pop. You're gonna crack pop and and walk in love. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get it together. Oh my goodness. I had to tell somebody about that though. It's okay. Oh man. It's okay. It's okay. Your knees are popping, but and cracking. But as long as you're walking in love. He's walking. He's walking <laughs> with a lot of noise. <laughs> right. That was leaning in. <laughs> yeah, that's good. But you had a great day. You had a good day, huh? Yes, ma'am. We did. We did. How about you? Who? I had a very interesting day. We had a tremendously interesting day. It is Dateline worthy and forty-eight hours worthy. Oh Jesus. <laughs> It's so interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I don't, you know, to not to lose the right of this potential story unfolding. It's stuff that you might watch on Lifetime and, and, or, or Dateline and who did what and who's doing this and what's actually happening here. Who is who and who is, who is, I mean, it's crazy. I, I'm not joking for real. Wouldn't you agree, honey? You're just trying to wet people's appetite. We're, uh, not, I'm not, gonna, we're not gonna talk about we're it. We're not gonna talk, but we're I'm gonna talk about happiness. Uh, yeah, but this, this, yeah, we're not gonna talk about it. Well, it's 9 p.m. Okay, so forget what I introduced. Maybe one day, this is something to talk about, but not tonight. Yeah, not tonight. Yeah. Right. Okay, so that was my but day. I just will tell you with adultery comes drama. Oh, at dateline level, in 48 hours level, wow. in lifetime level. Adultery in the church. In the church. Among the saints of the most high God. Mm. Yeah. And the way I still read the Bible. The Bible says. The Bible says adulterers going to have their part in the lake of fire. Oh. You, you can try to get your theology together any way you want to get it. But wrote, adultery sound like it's behavior. Mm. Mm. People say, and you know, we can say, you know, go, to, you know, go to hell for behavior. Anyway, anyway, we're not, see, we're not gonna start, but this is our day. Let's pray. A, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for all those that are joining us tonight on the Kingdom Business Network and the Marriage, Faith, and Family Room. I thank you, Father, for the wisdom of God that prevails over our time tonight, our discussion tonight, our comments tonight, mm. our questions tonight. Get your questions ready. Father, and I declare in Jesus' name that the eyes of our understanding is, is enlightened, that you open up our ears, open up our hearts, 
Father, as a result of this time together tonight, this is not futile time. That's right. it, is not, it is not wasted time. But mm -mm. Father, thank you that we are impacting people's lives. We are causing people's marriages to be the God kind of marriage. We are causing the devil to lose and for us to be the winners that you created us to be. Mm. Thanks be to God that giveth us the victory and always causes us to triumph. So we thank you. We have triumphant families, triumphant marriages, that all is well with our homes, all is well with our children in Jesus' name, and that we are making lasting impact mm. for future generations. And we thank you for it in Jesus' right. name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to need a charge. See that? Yeah, you sure will. So. Do you need that? No, I don't need yours. I, mine okay. don't charge that. Cool things. All right. So, yeah. So, listen. Free. You can um, direct message us. You know, um, see that little arrow at the end of the page. If you would like to make us, a, a, you know, submit a question or make a statement, but you don't want us talk on the platform, please do so. Uh, we want to have, you know, answer your questions and address some issues. But most importantly, no question is a bad question. And uh, we're here for you. So let's let this thing happen on tonight. And uh, follow um, um, Kingdom Business Network. You see that little greenhouse at top. Great room with a whole lot of information going on. So let's get this going. All right. So a couple of years ago, as part of our marriage boot camp, which we are having um, February 11th and 12th at Wright Wretched Church International, I, I checked this morning. I think we still have a few virtual spots, I think all the in-person. We, we wanted to limit it to 50 couples and with our own staff and people that we already have, I think we've reached the max of that. If you just desperately wanna go, maybe contact our church office and see, call 803-798-1230 uh, or get online at rightdirection.info to find out more information about our marriage bootcamp. Of course, we have we have unlimited virtual uh, virtual slots, uh, $80 virtually and uh, $160 per couple for in-person. We're going to give you breakfast. We have a good time together as we are uh, deliberate and intentional about our marriage. By now, and many of you are regular participants in the Kingdom Business Network, we understand nothing happens accidentally. Nothing just happens. The only way things happen is that you have to be intentional about it. I even, uh, seriously, when you think about it on a deeper level, I have a whole, sometimes I have a whole issue with the whole concept of falling in love. I'm not that, I'm not a romantic, okay? Uh, I think I fell deeply in love with my wife, but, I, but while I was falling in love and though I fell in love, it was still a matter of prayer. It was still a matter of intentionality and what God says and does and thinking through it. Sometimes when people fall, you bump your head. Sometimes people fall, they feel that they're out of control. I say, I'm saying that to say we need to be intentional about everything. And if you want to be intentional about improving your marriages, I encourage you to take those two days with us, um, February 11th and 12th, and focus on your marriage. And I'm sure you'll never regret it. All right. So a couple of years ago, as part of our marriage boot camp, we talked about love and happiness make you do wrong. You want to do right. <laughs> okay. Y'all remember that love and happiness? Um, 
our theme was love and happiness. And, um, and this was um, some teaching that I did that was um, based upon a book by uh, Les and Leslie Parrott, P-A-R-R-O-T, um, which was 25 Ways to a Happier Marriage. And I, I, I call this the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of happiness. Many of us, we're familiar with that term, the pursuit of happiness. And it comes from um, the Declaration of Independence, penned by one of the founding fathers of this country, Thomas Jefferson. And w- many of us are familiar with, with those words in which were, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. They are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's where that phrase comes from. It's come from a phrase penned by uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, some of us even saw the movie with Will Smith. I think there was also a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. And the reason why I, I, I like that term is because I want you to understand um, that happiness is something that has to be pursued. Remember, I start off talking about intentionality. And so a lot of people get married to be happy and then they get divorced because they are not happy. Um, or they people have affairs because they're not happy. People walk out, walk away from their families because they're not happy. Uh, immediately leave a job because you're not happy. Um, you, they, uh, what, what else people do because they're not happy? They... Um, Leave a church because they're not happy. Because they're not happy. They come with extreme, come up with extreme crazy stories that aren't true. Because they're not happy. because they're not happy, and so happiness is. Um, so we want to talk a little bit about happyology. Okay, happyology. What is happyology? Happyology is the study of happiness. So we're gonna look at. There are people who have studied this concept of happiness. And um, among those, you know, psychologists, uh, economists, neuroscientists, okay, psychologists um, study about how do people feel happy. Economists have studied what's the financial value of happiness. Neuroscientists, which you you read and study a lot from neuroscientists, more specifically Dr. Caroline Leaf, talks about how the brain processes and produces happiness. Okay, um, but there's uh, n- n- no doubt about it that marriage can make you happy. But the problem is that marriage, even when initially perfectly gratifying and satisfying, will not make you intensely happy for as long as you believe it will. So studies have revealed that the happiness boost from marriage lasts an average of only two years. Oh. I was going to say shorter than that. Okay. So if is my daughter on here tonight I'm in my family, Kendra Monet, she, that, that, that's not to try to put a pin in anybody's balloon. That's pretty. Okay. But oh. studies reveal that the happiness boost for marriage lasts an average of only two two years. Oh, I know that I'm interrupting. You are. Let's, let's make this practical okay you know um were you happy for two years um 1985 to 1987 is when we got married um was i married we 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 probably probably 
it, probably right 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 at the for at the one year mark, we started declining. Probably well, we still have some unhappy moments. because yeah, we I made a decision that changed that altered our lives. Yeah, and and yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So you know, but but they say the boost. You know, it's interesting because we recently had a wedding in our family in November, uh, and I and you know, and probably in the last what five six years. Six years, something like that, on loose count. We've had three weddings in our family among our children. And I can, I, I recall just about all of them because we had such great times. We, you know, we spent money and had great times at the receptions and all. Just about every one of them said, man, within like a month of the, of the marriage reception, boy, I would like to do this again. Talking about the party, <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about the reception. Um, the question is, 10 years later, would you say, I will want to do this again, marry this person again? Yeah. That's the goal. It's not, uh, uh, what, 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 what did I say? Oh, I mean, check this out. Your Revelation cometh, revelation cometh. Get, get your pen ready. Mm-hmm. So we just had a groundbreaking ceremony for our new facility at our church this past Saturday. And so I was talking to my pastors about this, and I said, the wedding, a wedding is a groundbreaking ceremony. Mm-hmm. You well, listen, no, listen, follow me here. A wedding is a groundbreaking ceremony. Now you got to go build something. Okay. All you do, you had a brown, you, 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 you dug up and you say, the, let the marriage begin. But now you got to go build something, including building your happiness. So, but here's even more, more important. Somebody by the name of Fawn Weber said this, happy, happily, Ever after is not a fairy tale; it's a choice. So pursuing happiness is a choice. It's not something that's going to be automatic. It doesn't just happen because you got a nice house and nice clothes and and your spouse looks money. real good and you got money. Uh, happiness is something that has to be pursued, and happiness is a cho- is a choice. So two things I've already said about happiness: it must be pursued, and it's a choice. So you got to learn mature marriages, learn that you got to make your happiness. So it's not the spouse that has the responsibility of making you happy. Uh, not a, no, not a, a def, definitely not trying to put all the all pressure on your spouse. You're supposed to make me happy right. because that's a move. That's a moving target. It really is. And it's subjective. Mm-hmm. So, so it, Here's a couple of truths I want you to get here is that marriage doesn't make you happy. Say that again. Marriage doesn't make you happy. But everything- so it's not automatic just because you're married. It's right. gonna make- and so, you know, it, it, there are a lot of single people who think if I just get married, I will be happy. Mm-hmm. Marriage does not make you happy. You're going to say something. Yeah, but everything that you might hear or think about the whole, um, the dream or the fantasy of getting married. It, it it makes you, it creates images of when I get with my ideal wife, my ideal husband, I'm going to be happy. Which is why so many couples, when they do get married and that, let's say that happiness wears off, you think you missed God, you made a mistake, or whatever. And so you can, you know, so a lot of, especially today, we realize yeah. that, you know, so many young people are getting married with the expectation 
they they're gonna be happy the whole yeah. time. Uh, I talked to a pastor, a pastor who's one hundred percent totally submitted to me uh, a couple years ago, and he came to me. He said, uh, "Bishop, I'm not happy," and um, and I think he thought the conversation was going to go because what he what he was saying is that I can't go on like this. I, I made up my mind. I'm not going on like this. I'm not happy. And I thought, I think he thought I was going to say, oh, you're not happy. Well, okay. I understand why you want to get divorced. And, and my, my initial, my initial reaction probably was a little bit, I probably should have braced and talked a little more before I made this statement, but I came right out the bat and I said to him, happiness is overrated. Mm-hmm. So happiness is overrated. He ne- you never forgot that. So he's like, don't go, don't go tell bishops you ain't happy because happiness is overrated. Did you break that down? I, I, it, it did break it down because, and what I mean by that is that it happiness, this this, this gonna mess with a lot of y'all. Happiness is not the number one goal in marriage. Mm-hmm. Purpose is the goal in marriage, which which we're, which we're going to talk about mm-hmm. at our marriage conference. Mm-hmm. Okay, the God, the Malachi two, God asked the question, why did He make you one? The answer is not so you can be happy. Yeah. The answer is why did he make you one? Why did you come together? Because there's something he wants to accomplish through right. the two of you. You remember? I, I, Watch this. Whether or not you're happy. Right. And if you and if we have the right attitude about the right spiritual perspective, that our happiness, mm-hmm. which is a moving target, mm-hmm. which is right. can be monthly, right, whatever, bi Yeah. Certain parts of the day. Okay. I'm. Okay, naturally speaking, uh-huh. naturally speaking, you, okay, yeah. I'm more happy at 12 noon than I am at 6 a.m. And would you would you not agree? I don't know. My point about that, okay, it's following me. My point is that I'm not, some people are just oh, wonderful morning per, people. Oh, cherry people. Okay, yeah, so I'm, I'm not as happy at I'll 6 a.m. Right. as I am at 12. Mm-hmm. So, so. Happiness is subjective. Sure, it is. I remember you remember when we first moved here. This was a revelation for me. So I guess when we moved here, we were married how many years? I can't remember. I never forget. Um, the Lord nine told, nine years. The Lord told me because I came to you. It was ten. It was ten. Okay, ten years that it told me that you. Uh, it wasn't your responsibility to make me happy. I'm so glad the Lord told you that. I'm so glad He told me that too, because it wouldn't happen. You know, you don't have that. You don't have the ability, and I know that's a thing for men. You know that they want to make their wives happy. Yeah, we do. But the rea- I think about this often. I think about this often. You know, because I hear that all the time. You know, I hear, you know, oh, you know, I'm trying to make you happy. Too. But the reality is, happiness is um, whatever that man is looking for. This place of euphoric. Um. Paradise. Permanent state. Right. That's not permanent state so, of no complaining. Right. That's unrealistic. That's so <laughs> unrealistic. It's so it's just so fantasy. It's just not gonna happen. You know, um and the Lord said told me, you know, he can't make you happy. You find your happiness in me. Right. Oh boy, that just did so I believe. I believe that we can contribute to each other's happiness. You can make a person feel happy. I don't, you know, because happiness, because what happens, because, you know, I'm talking, I mean, conversations and stuff like that, that when something is brought up, it's a complaint 
and everyone has a right to complain about something they don't like. It's not a deal breaker when that happens. And so when that other person hears that, they're like, I try to make you happy. And so it's put this whole weight and burden of I can't complain or say what I need to say because the other one's going to think that I'm unhappy with them and I just don't like this. And so it becomes a, um, a unrealistic um, 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 expectation that a, a person might put on a matter when you're trying to make each other have happiness. You can make me feel happy, but happiness, I don't know if that's something that is a permanent uh, a state. Right, so I'm going to talk about that. Yeah. So marriage in and of itself just doesn't make you happy. You make your marriage happy. You make your marriage happy. The two of you make your marriage happy. Marriage is not just like this place. Once I enter into it, marriage is a happy place. No, you make your marriage happy. And so somebody put it like this. You bring your own weather to the picnic. <laughs> you bring your own weather to the picnic. So a happy marriage is results of two people committed to making a happy life of love together. So if you're going to have happiness again, and, and, and that's different for everybody. It's a, it's, it's, it's not an exact science. It's not an exact summation. Um, whatever you define as happiness, the two of you got to negotiate what that is, talk about what that is, talk about what you can do for, to help each other reach that state. And then when you think you're there, it still may change based upon what season you're in in life now or what needs you have in your life now or what things are evolving in your life. So happy marriage results of two people committed to making a life of love together. So there's something called um, hedonism. And what hedonism, hedonism is a doctrine that says that pleasure and happiness is the ultimate goal and purpose of life. That life is all about pursuing happiness. Now, Unfortunately, as, as nice as that may sound, that really is not Christian because the ultimate goal of life is not to just try to seek your own happiness. If that was the case, then Jesus came to earth in vain. You know, the Bible said he didn't come. Um, he, he came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Jesus didn't come to earth for his own happiness. He didn't put the son of man came to seek that which was lost. The son of man came to lay down his life and give his life as a ransom for many. There's nothing about Jesus life that was about him seeking to be happy. Now think about that. And all of us who say that we are Christians to think that that is the ultimate purpose of your life. Now, what happens when people, their ultimate goal in life is just to seek their own happiness you will only do what you want to do, only go where you want to go, okay? Uh, never do anything for the benefit of other people. Only do what's inconvenient simply because you think your whole goal in life is to be is for personal happiness. And there are things we do 
that have nothing to do with our personal happiness. I know this is going deep here. But a lot of us, we never thought on, on that level. And so we come into marriage with this euphoric idea that now we are off to happy land. Mm. Okay. So, you know, seeking, seeking pleasure and avoiding suffering, according to, to, to hedonistic thinking, seeking pleasure and avoiding suffering is the only components of a well-being, you know. So, you know, Philippians 2 and 21 says that all seek their own. And if you are just trying to be happy by yourself, you're going to just seek your own, which is not Christian. And we've used this scripture many times before, Romans 15, 2 and 3, that says, let every man, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ, I was just saying this, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as is written, the approaches of them that reproach thee fell, fell on me. So when, when we talk about defining happiness, how you define happiness is going to determine how you embrace happiness how you define happiness. And so one of the questions that I want to really ask, I want us to be prepared to talk about tonight in a couple of minutes, is how do you define happiness? Because how you define happiness influences every other decision of your life. How you define happiness influences every other decision of your life. But, but when it comes to defining happiness, your definition of happiness is gonna frame your approach to life. So you have to you have to resolve is happiness internal or happiness external? Is happiness determined by you or do others determine your happiness? And so and you know, I, I encourage us to think about not putting the pressure of being happy on our spouses, on our husbands, on our wives, on our children. You'd be surprised that you know, it's, it's usually, I would think, it's usually younger, immature people, and may not necessarily be so young, but they're definitely immature. People who think, well, I'm going to have a child because a child is going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to have, we're going to have a baby. Our baby is going to make me happy. Everybody who's had a baby know that that lasts for a little while. That that baby is is not make you happy. That baby will drain you. I'm not just talking about finance. It will drain your strength. It will drain your time. It will drain your sleep. And so, you know, that that's too much, you know, that's too much pressure to put on a baby <laughs> to make you happy. You know, Paul says in Acts 26 and 2, I think myself happy. That tells us that Paul recognized that happiness was internal and not external. And once you discover that happiness is something that's on the inside of you, and determined by you, then it becomes a compass for how you for how you how you live your life. Okay. Um let's see there's a couple things I want to give you here and then I oh this is real this is real interesting. So um there was a there was some research done by Dr. Richard Davis from the University of Wisconsin. Okay. And he did some happiness research. And what was discovered from that is that events, positive or negative, affect us for about three months. So people, you know, so it, events, positive or negative, affect you for about three months. Graduating from college. Right. You're excited. You know, and that's what I would have gave the actual happiness um, 
long, you know, I guess time allotment when you first get married? About I would, three or four months. I would I would hope most people in, enjoy it more than that. Yeah, but life gets real after that. I think it depends. Mm. Depends on the couple. Yeah. So, um, yeah, th three months, graduating, passing a test, getting a certification, winning an election. Okay. Those things, events mm -hmm. add to your happiness for about three months. Um, then it was also discovered we all have a happiness set point. And that is where we return to regardless of the incidents or events. And listen to that. So no matter what happens, new job, new car. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Graduation, you, you baby. That lasts about three months. You and you come back to your, your baseline, yeah. your happiness set point. Um, I think I think we need to kind of look because it's this that's that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot. One second here. Then this result is happening research. Fifty percent here's nothing. Fifty discovered fifty percent of our happiness is genetic. Oh, I agree. Here, hereditary. Yeah. Okay. How you were raised, how your parents, you know, all the that's a lot yeah. too, Herbert. And then well, we can come. And then uh, happy. Um, or unhappy brains affect parenting. Oh my God, this is a lot. Until, until it's set at about age age sixteen. I can't take no more. <laughs> okay. Unhappy so, brains affect parenting. Yes. Okay, that's a lot. Let's 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 start to unpack this. Um, you said so I wish you know formulated some questions behind those. Well, um, well, well, one one of the questions that I I said that I, is. How do you define happiness? Mm -hmm. So let's open up the room, and I want to reset the room. Welcome to Marriage, Faith, and Family on the Kingdom Business Network. We're so glad you're here. Um, I think this is going to be a really great discussion. I already have so many different thoughts, um, So, but I would love to hear what first our moderators, co-moderators have to say, and then... Um, you know, raise your hand if you have any questions or anything you would like to add to this discussion and maybe answer the question, how you how do you define happiness? I would love to hear someone say, I was raised with a unhappy well, No, we don't want we want to hear them say what they want to say. Yeah, but I this question. <laughs> I have this question. You mentioned an unhappy parent brain. That's my you know, kids and mm. that's a thing for me. Yeah, and I I just would love to hear um, how that that impacted your life. If you can now recognize and look back, hey, my parent, my mom, my dad, they were unhappy. Okay, so okay, um, Adrian, Jamal, um, Chandler, anything? First, we go to um, Adrian. What's your thoughts here? This is this is real deep. <laughs> yes, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't you're, know. You're Go ahead. What were you going to say, sir? No, I'm saying y'all remember we talked about, well, we didn't really discuss it as we have the opportunity, but you, you remember this from our marriage boot camp a couple of years ago. Yeah. Love and happiness. Mm -hmm. Love and happiness, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think um, to the to the question of how do you define happiness, like you said, like most of the time we start out at least defining it as like this feeling of euphoria, you mm -hmm. know, like this, this state of being this place of sunshine and lollipops and 
ice cream, you know, and it's like, you know, that's not necessarily the case, but it doesn't mean that things are bad, you know? And I think, um, I think for me, like for me now, I like try trying to come up with a definition for my happiness. I would say for me, it's a peaceful excitement. Oh, that's good. So, you know, just mm-hmm. like, peaceful like, excitement. That, peaceful, those, that's good. Adrian. That almost sounds like that. That almost sounds contradictory. <laughs> it does. It does. Because a lot of times when you think excited, you think it almost has like a nervous, anxious kind of energy connotation to it. But for me, I can be excited and be at peace. You know, being at peace for me is exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, it. it it, it's I don't know how to explain it. Um, I definitely grew up with a with an unhappy parent parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to ask you that. Yeah, because yeah. Said, being at peace is exciting, exciting, yeah. and that could come from you know your experiences growing uh, up. Absolutely, like my parents were divorced they were they were married but not together and technically officially divorced when i was like in middle school um but my dad never lived in our house you know so it's not like i ever saw them be married in one way or another um but neither of them even to this day i can't say that either of them are happy people mm, you know, wow. like they have like they have happy moments Mm-hmm. You know, and they have, or, or at least my mom, you know, has moments where, you know, she will smile or laugh or, you know, things like that. that but you don't show. think of your mom as a happy person. I don't. I really uh-huh. don't. Um, and so, like, I know that's one of the things that I've personally had to work on is, you know, being deliberate about even something as small as smiling every day. You know, because I just grew up in an environment where it wasn't discouraged, but it wasn't encouraged, Mm. if that makes sense. And so and so, like I said, for me, happiness now is like, okay, it's a place of peace where there's no, you know, no drama, no fussing, no fighting, but also a place of excitement and not. um dread or worry or depression. Okay. Good. Chandler, Jamal. Uh, Yeah. um, How do you define happiness? What's your thoughts about happiness? This is something that that I've recently, well, not recently, my my, my mom has, you know, my mom has some challenges mentally. So we grew up in a house with extremes. (laughs) So when people were, um, when she was happy, she was happy. And when she was sad, she was sad. So um, for me, I, I, you know, you, you, you tend to kind of autopsy your, your childhood and you, you try to pick the good stuff and kind of carry that with you. But when it comes to like happiness, for me, a definition of happiness is that it's an inside job. That, yeah. that it's not, that the fact that it's an inside job, that's something that happens internally and is work. And when you said, when you said it's something that you pursue I, th- I think that's I think that's that helps people so much that mm-hmm. that that you um like you said you just you, some people some people are they're naturally Pollyanny but some people you have to learn how to self soothe and be like when you feel like you're having like kind of like those dark moods to be able to go to a place of happiness 
And when you when you realize it's an inside job, you can tell your spouse, hey, this are these are the kind of things that make me happy. I think it's the day it's 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 hard when you when you're not aware of what makes you happy and you're trying to and your and your and your spouse is kinda of like pulling this 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 uh, slot machine trying to get all you know lemons, but they have no idea how to make you happy. So I think it's you have to be deliberate about what makes you happy. I think that helps your that helps your your marriage and help y'all grow because y'all are able to kind of share with each other what what makes you guys happy. Definitely. Definitely. Uh were there were there any other people in the room who want to contribute to that? I want to hear from some people. How how do you define happiness? What has contrib- contributed to your happiness in since since the research says that 50% of our happiness is genetic. Do you realize how your parents or socialization coming up in your family has affected your quote unquote, whatever you define as happiness? Now for me, my home was um, uh, just, just, for the most part, just chaotic. It was always it was just stuff going on. Everybody was just busy doing their their own thing. I didn't I didn't see a lot of nurturing of relationships and all that. Um, but then you hear me talk about my spiritual mother, my aunt, mother Bailey, who I saw uh, at least in during my childhood years. I got older. She she started talking to me about other things. I saw as a happy person. She appeared to be happy. With life, she appeared to be happy with her husband. She appeared to be happy with church. She appeared to be happy with people, and so um, you know, and that can also shape how what you expect. If if that's your image of a quote unquote positive woman or whatever, that's what you also expect can expect from other people as well. And so, but so socialization and genetics, it's about about fifty percent of this. Fifty percent of this. How about something that you really thought that was going to make you happy. And if you look back on it, maybe lasted for about three months. And you thought this one thing was going to just do it. You know, I think about our house here. I love our house. Yeah, I'm happy about our house. But about three months into it, I saw saying, you did too. You start talking, missing something about the old house. Oh, I was saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You saw miss I'm like, you missing the old house? Really? I was just And I started realizing all these wonderful things out here is some of it is just unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. You know, the things settled in. And then so but see, and some people so but here's where maturity comes in. if you don't realize accept this fact that it may last for about three months, you'll always go back trying to trying to pursue that. Yeah. So you run from thing to thing, car to car, person yeah. to person, job to job, woman to woman, man to man, yeah. marriage to marriage. Yeah. I guess, you know, I never, you know, which is, this has always been so interesting for me, this, this whole concept of happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really, it's like, as I'm, you know, it really, I'm even search, searching for a um, more vocabulary, how to actually articulate this. Um, you know, even, you know, me mentioning about, you know, the, the old house, I was just saying that, but even though there's things that's not right, I mean, I'm so happy with my house. Um, when, um, for that you might think of, but, um, but when I got married, when I knew I was saying yes 
to, because I heard God. Mm-hmm. It was never a thought that you were going to make me happy. Well, why did the Lord have to tell you I wasn't going to make you happy <laughs> no. if you didn't have that thought? No, because I the Lord just The Lord just don't Listen, talk for the sake of talking. Let me talk. Seriously, let me talk. Because there was always a constant conversation that we were always having about happiness. You know, and so I was like, and I was always trying to wrap my brain around it. And, you know, and I was like, and I realized, you know, what well, is this is something, I mean, am I missing this? Because I realized I could be happy. Happy and happiness is like totally two different things for me. Happiness is a long state of being. It's happiness is like. State of happiness. Ha- state of happiness. Happy is, oh, I'm happy with these shoes. But I know these shoes are going to wear out. I'm As happy we used to say on the old church, happiness is based upon happenings. Right. And so, and I real, I always realized that, you know, and I realized happenings don't last forever. You know, there, there are expiration dates on everything of it, the longevity of it, of those things. But it does not mean once that feeling of happiness over that thing is over that it was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and so and that's where I always. And so your point of saying that is what that I never say. Well, oh, you, you, your point about saying that just because that seemed to happen that that it was a bad decision, right? Yeah, I never ever ever was my even in my young years, you know, was there, you know, thinking, oh my god, because you know. If that was the case, I realized we wouldn't be together right, right. now right. because there was so many different things that happened in our marriage, you know, that just didn't make us happy, you know, and uh, and some of it was uh, our different paradigms and expectations, um, you know. I mean, you got came into marriage with this these thoughts of what a woman was supposed to do, how a woman's supposed to be. I didn't come from that background, so there was constant friction and letdown and not measuring up, you know, and so all those things could cause a marriage to come apart because of the fact that, hey, I'm not making you happy. You're not making me happy. So I realized that was just, that's based upon situations, events, emotions, ideas. So they're always moving. Right. I see we have Bayron up on the stage tonight. Bayron, your question or comment? Hey, pastors, how are y'all? Wonderful. Glad to have you with us tonight. Thank you. I I wanted to chime in. Um, I didn't know my dad when I was uh, coming up. So my mom raised us. And uh, a lot of what we defined our happiness came from her raising us. And what I realized when I got older was that a lot of the happiness was based on when we get to a, say, a certain place, like when we obtain mm-hmm. certain things, when we get enough money for this, when we get a house, when we get a car, when we, you know, it was a lot of it was based on finances as far as the happiness. Now, don't get was me that wrong. was that stated or was that your your frame of mind? That was my frame of mind. This is the way okay. uh, I felt. This is what I experienced, and this this is what I perceived. And uh, I had. You know, when I got older, I had to break from that mold and learn to enjoy the process in so many words. Uh, be happy while you're on your way to wherever you're going. And um, so I kind of broke away from that. 
And, and when I look back at it, I know it's true because in some, when I talk to my mom nowadays, she still feels that way. It's like as mm -hmm. old as she is, she's 70 years old, 72, and she's still like waiting, you know, mm -hmm. to be, to be satisfied and be happy. And, uh, like since, you know, coming to right direction and my life is like turn around completely the way I view life and the way, uh, I define happiness and, and having that joy, even while we go through the process, like even through uh, sickness, like bad diagnosis, where you're going, struggling through financial difficulties, or even in your marriage and everything, there's still a place where you can be have have peace and have happiness. And uh, thank God that uh, I met a woman and I married a woman who feels like me. So we experience. Awesome. We experience happiness all the time. We're like, I don't care what we're going through. We, I mean, you, we, we're always saying weeping may endure for a night. We, we experience weeping, but very shortly after that weeping, somebody gonna tell a joke and we're gonna be right back to being happy <laughs> and experiencing joy awesome. while, we, while we go through our process. And I think, I, and I see it so often and I see a lot of uh, couples struggling with it and they seem angry and they should be experiencing happiness even while you go through your process, whatever Definitely. that might, might Definitely. be. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that, Bayron. You know, Jesus said, the scripture says, uh, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but I'm telling you, get your attitude together. <laughs> get your emotions together. Be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. So that tells me also what we know and what we believe you know, uh, is also going to affect our, quote unquote, our happiness. So, you know, one of the things that I, I told you that 50% of our happiness is hereditary, okay? So the other 50% consists of uh, events and personal choices. So, so only 10% of happiness, according to studies, is determined by happenings. So again, these, these events, whatever they are, buying a car, going on a trip, whatever, whatever event you want to call it, that contributes to happiness about 10%. 40% of your happiness is personal choices. So when we talk about marriage, Happy couples choose to make happiness happen. Happy couples choose to make happiness happen. And that doesn't cost a lot of money. That doesn't consume a lot of time. Anybody can do them. And, but in order to do that, you got to change how you think and how you behave. So, you know, happy couples choose to spend time together, choose to talk with, with each other, choose to date. So versus saying, well, I feel, well, I feel like taking you out tonight. No, well, I'm, I'm, I'm taking you out tonight because you're my wife and we're going to, we need to go out because it's going to tribute to my happiness, whether I feel like it or not. So happy couples choose to make happiness. They realize if we're going to be happy, we're going to have to be intentional about it through our personal choices. Whether or not we have money, whether, you know, depending, we may not have all the time, but we can take this time and, and anybody can do it. So, 
So I want to encourage couples who are listening to us tonight to make choices to contribute to your own happiness. Now, as long as one of the others is just sitting back saying, it's up to you to make me happy, it's up to you to make me happy. And then you understand if when if someone, because of that 50% hereditary, in other words, you got them, they already they already were either happy or unhappy, particularly if they're unhappy. And then they're not making pers personal choices to contribute to the happiness. Some people, they just got a leak in their bucket. And there's nothing you can do that you can do, trips, flips, or whatever, that's going to make them happy if a person internally is not happy and does not do the things necessary to make themselves happy. You know, there's a scripture where Paul says, I think myself happy. I think I think we it's in it would be towards the end of the book of Acts. He stands before Agrippa. And when they, they allow Paul to speak, he says, he says, I think myself happy. So you can you can think yourself happy. I would love to hear from some others in the room tonight about your thoughts about happiness, about your state of happiness in your marriage. Perhaps maybe there are people here who have been married for, uh, who've come to realize that you had to be intentional about being happy, that it wasn't just an automatic thing or something that automatically comes, comes with marriage. I would love to hear from some more of you about that. Moderators, so, so uh, scan the room tonight for, for hands that may want to come and talk about that tonight. Okay. So, what are some major keys to marital happiness? Okay, before I move on, I see we have a couple of people at the stage tonight, okay? Let's hear from Jason. Jason, thank you for joining us tonight on Marriage, Faith, and Family Room. And thank you so much, uh, Pastor Bailey. All, all, all pastors and the moderators in the room, I appreciate the opportunity to, uh, to join with you guys. Oh, man, this is really good because it's really making me think about how I've shown up personally. I've been married for 16 years now. My wife and I, were, you know, we're, we're marriage ministers at our church here in Houston, Texas. But it's like, you know, it's one thing to to share it, you know, to share it to others, but it's nothing to experience for yourself. And I think that was been the, the biggest thing I had to personally learn was that if I have created the marriage, then I have power to change the marriage. So if I, if I have been a participator, if I've been the one who's put in the work or uh, been a part of this, what we, what we were put together, then it's up to me also to be the one to bring transformation. I think that what you just, what you just shared about the thing you're so happy, I think is very powerful because we have to come to a point to where we accept responsibility for how we've shown up and the conversations that we be having within ourselves personally that we have not shared with our spouse can either cause us to create a story in our life, believe the story that we created, and then cause us to live our marriage based on this story. I think that if, our, if my thinking, if my story has been that my wife is to blame for this, she's to blame for that, I'm not getting my needs met, whatever that story is, is going to determine how I show up. And I think because of that, it causes to have a, a re, uh, to be reactive, to react to things, which, which leaves us powerless, as opposed to responding, which means that we have a choice and how we're going to choose to address certain issues. And I think the power in that and the responding allows us to see, well, Regardless of what's taking place, I want to help create something with my spouse to be a co-creator, not just a cohabitor, to where now we can begin to create what we want in our marriage and have our marriage be designed based on the blueprint that's the foundation of the word of God. And then based on 
what it is that we value in our relationship that brings us to the happiness, the, the joy, the excitement, and all the other great things that come with that too. So I really appreciate you guys for opening up this space and really sharing your wisdom on this evening. This is Jason. I'm finished speaking. Thank you for sharing. Thanks. Th thank you, Jason. Yeah, I mean, you, you said something yeah. real powerful is that a lot of times it's a story that we're telling ourselves um, that that determines how we show up and what and, mm. you know, how we show up and what what we take responsibility for and do. Mm. So if we keep telling our stories that is all your fault. And if you would only do this, then I'm not going to be proactive right. and do what I need to be doing because I blame you. Right. And you're always showing up with the um, expectation of this person to prove themselves to you. And that's a whole nother thing in a marriage. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you, you know, if, if, if you would only do such and such, mm. if you would only do such, such, we would be happy. If you would only do such and such. And again, you know, it, you also, as long as you put your personal happiness in someone else's, else's hands, hands that's, too much power. that's too much power to that's surrender. Too much power. That, that is totally too much power to surrender. Right. You were already defeated. Mm. Okay. You know, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble a little bit for this here, but you know, even, you know, I have my own views, uh, you know, if, even regarding certain things regarding racism, racism is real, but I, re I refuse to, to, uh, you know, and people, they, they shouldn't put out their foot on our neck, hold us back, hold us down. But, but I refuse to think I'm not going to prosper unless somebody else makes makes a choice for me. Mm. I will prosper despite right. what you're doing. Because if God before me, who can be against me? Right. So it, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the attitude that you're coming to life with, and it's the attitude that you're coming to marriage with regarding your happiness. Mm -hmm. We're going to make us some happy. Right. Okay. Right. And I'm going to do my part right. to go in the cupboard and get the ingredients, get the pots, do whatever mm -hmm. I got to do. To make us some happy. Right. If so you won't make no happy tonight, I'm gonna make some happiness by go, myself. Go scrap some pots. Go scrap some. <laughs> Bang those pots in the kitchen. Make that happy song. Yes, yes. Keisha. Keisha on the stage. Thank you for joining us, Keisha. Your question or comment. Well, thank you so much, Bishop and Dr. Marsha, and all the other moderators on the panel. Uh, oh yeah. This is a great topic tonight, and I would like to say that um, just just growing up and having a different paradigm is something that really, really, really impacts these marriages, our marriages. And so one thing that I remember learning was that uh, from you all is that sometimes when we come from these different paradigms, we sometimes can... Um, see things uh, through our own lenses and maybe not through the lens of the other person. And so it can impact the level of happiness that we might be experiencing at the time. And so um, I, I recall one lesson that we got from you all about understanding that the person is not responsible for your happiness and also releasing them you know, and that was one thing that I had to do is release my spouse and let him know um, you are not my source, you know, in a, in, a, in a loving way, because, you know, I didn't want him to have so much pressure on him for particular things. And that just 
spoke volumes to him and it helped him to uh, function day to day, you know, just, just because I released him of so much pressure of him feeling like he had to be this type of spouse, you know? And so, um, this, this is just a really, really good form. And I'm grateful that I learned also to have an attitude of gratitude and mm. not be so condemning. I think Dr. Marsha gave me that wonderful counsel. And it, it, I mean, we've been married for 20 years, but just because you've been married for 20, how many ever years, you still can always learn. And it, it has been such a, um, I say eye-opening um, lesson uh, or counsel for me. And it, it has really, 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 improved things in my home and in our lives. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for this forum. This is Keisha and I am done. I yield the mic. Thank you so much, Keisha, for sharing that. Uh, something that, that couple of things that I want to just kind of echo that you said, um, that is releasing your spouse of the responsibility to make you happy. I think so many, first of all, releasing it, just, just like we talk about forgiveness, that it's not just it's not so much for the other person it it releases you i think by you re- releasing your spouse from the responsibility of making you happy it's going to take a burden off of you yeah. it's it's, it's going to take uh, that you realize man i can be happy without sitting around waiting on them to cook up some happiness for me right it's liberating yeah yeah. So that thank that is, thank you so much. That's really good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I like thank that. you so much for sharing that. I think we had Sean with us next. Sean, thank you for being with us tonight. Your question or comment. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for allowing me to speak. Um, I, I just had a quick thought that I that ran across my mind. Just thinking about my life and thinking about my family's life. Uh, I think sometimes um, a lot of people, including myself, in the past. We're quick to um, to search out our happiness through people and things, because sometimes, you know, going to God about our happiness, it seems like it takes longer or it's uh, or it the results don't come as 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 quick like we want it to be. So that's just something I just noticed um, over time. Um, we 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 run to people to get a quick fix of whether that is just to vent your problems and then someone just, you know, patty cake you on the back or just tell you it's going to be all right. And, you know, and just uh, tell you something that you want to hear instead of actually going to God and actually dealing with issues and dealing with problems. And sometimes the happiness, sometimes you may have to deal with things before the happiness comes. And I think a lot of us have experienced uh, maybe one time or another in our life where we just didn't feel like going to God because we know, we're going to have to get to the root of the issue. So that's just something I thought about. Yeah. Th- thank, thank you so much for saying that. So, you know, I, you know, just to kind of paraphrase some of what you're saying is that sometimes we're not happy because we got some spiritual deficits that we just got to work out with the Lord. He's, he's, he's the one who, who's going to, who's going to fill our cup versus trying to put all that pressure on our, on our spouses. Thank you so much for sharing that. William, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Your question or comment? Hello, Dr. Bailey, um, Pastor Marshall. Good evening. Thank you for this platform. 
Uh, I would like to share for Daphne and I, uh, initially, it was love at first sight. And we knew that the Lord showed me she was my wife. And the Lord showed her I was her husband at first sight. And this April would be 32 years of marriage. But through our journey, we learned to be intentional with prayer and with committed to involving the Lord in our decision-making and also going to the Lord with uh, major and minor decisions on uh, future plans, uh, happiness, everything. We, we involve God in our decision-making. And so that pressure was taken off me when the Lord showed me years before getting married to Daphne is you seek me, I will show you, I will provide for you. And at the same token, if there was a disagreement, I'm not an argumentative type of person. I would go to the Lord. I said, Lord, you gave her, you made her, but you developed this relationship. So you step and you intervene and you be the moderator for everything for us. And I just want to say before I hand it over to my wife that I thank God for the two of you in the ministry of Right Direction and God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing that, William. And good afternoon. I'm nervous. I'm nervous now. Oh, uh, you, you don't have to be nervous. We, we, we can't. We can't even see you. Oh my! I know. I, that's why I don't know. I'm so nervous. But um, with with that being said, that we love you all. Um, with that being said, it's been a, a 30 year process because neither of us had. Um, I had a father uh, temporarily in the home, but my mother and father did not have a relationship. And neither of us had a relationship that we could say. We, when we got married, we said, well, what examples do we have of being married? Hence came the part where we, we both knew the Lord. Um, we were young, but it was early. And we thought, well, he's the only one that can show us. And platforms like this, which back in the day was um, marriage retreats, going to Bible studies that talked about being married and being around couples that had wisdom to give us. And I totally agree with most, with everything that I've heard so far tonight is that I, you know, you realize, well, we had an infatuation stage for a little while with each other, but we didn't have any kids or, either. And you, we had to realize that, oh, when he told me, you, uh, you need some friends. And I thought, well, I need to be totally submerged in him because that's the mm. only way we're going to make it. And let's not bring anybody on the inside here because that could be problems. But then I realized, oh, he really can't make me happy alone, although you do make mm. me happy. But I, that I did, I needed outside relationships. And my happiness was ultimately dependent on God making right. me happy and fulfilled and not my husband he does a good job but <laughs> he wasn't the ultimate fulfiller he found a way with ben, <laughs> with benjamin's uh bishop yeah, do, 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 those benjamins help her help yes, help her be a little yes, happy sir. too <laughs> if if if, if william, well well if william couldn't do benjamin could what you said <laughs> yeah. no comment <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you. Awesome. Thank you, so much. thank you for sharing. Thank you all for sharing tonight. Thank you all for sharing. Well, well, before we go off tonight, my my uh, co-moderator here, Pastor Chandler, 
What's your thoughts, son? For me, uh, happiness for me, I would say, would be not having to think that much. You know, I mean, just, you know, when you're so responsible for, or for me, some of the responsibilities I have is to be responsible for other people's happiness, you know? Um, And so for me, happiness for me in general is not having to really think about creating happiness. I know that sounds very irresponsible, but to be able to just, you know, be in the moment and not having to do that much for that moment to actually happen. For me, that's happiness. And I had one of those happiest moments around Christmas season with my family. I had a chance to visit you all and then my in-laws and seeing my kids and seeing Adria happy and all this stuff. And I realized that for me, my happiness is a result of seeing that stick to it. Like the times I could have gave up, times I could have ran from responsibilities, times I could have said, you know what? I'm not going to be a leader. I'm not going to be a man of God. I'm not just going to do me and be selfish. Like even though those times is tough, when you see the full results of diligence pay off and you realize what you're building, like this picture I took, shout out to Creative Culture, uh, Rashawn Merritt, but he took a family pictures of us. And he's, I remember clear as that. He was trying to take a picture. But when we first got it, he said, man, y'all look awesome. Y'all look dope. He's like, y'all, he's like, man, y'all look awesome and happy. And we, of course we had some pictures where heroes acting up. But I realized like, if I would have gave up or cave in or just not keep going with being the family man that I know God's called me to be having a family, I would not have these moments. And so you mentioned earlier that happiness lasts for three months, but Hey, you know what? That's pretty cool. You know, now that you know that it lasts for that, I mean, you can search for that in positive ways. You don't have to find new happiness. You can make, you can make the happiness that you have with what you have. Another, another thing real quick, Bishop, I was thinking about this. You said making happy. So here's mm-hmm. the thought. So like, um, I don't care about eggs, right? I don't care about eggs. I'm talking about cooking. I don't care. Let's talk about baking real real quick. And and I know the gears know about chefing and baking. All those who can cook, Byron, y'all know what cooking. I don't care that much for eggs, but when you turn those eggs and make that mix with this and this and turn it into a cake, you realize that egg paid off. And so what I realize sometimes about happiness is sometimes the accumulation of things that you don't want to do so you can enjoy the things that you want to do. And so for me, I realized happiness is also responsibility and trusting that those things that you're doing, like, oh, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like walking in love. I don't feel like serving. I don't feel like sacrificing. I don't feel like uh, uh, inconveniencing myself or my family right now or my wife right now. But eventually it's going to pay off and I'll have those splurts and those sprints of happiness that I need to keep going, if that makes any sense. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks for sharing that. You know, something else also that Keisha said earlier I wanted to mention, which um, which is in a characteristic or a contributor to happiness is gratitude. Mm-hmm. If if all of us would just take some time every day and realize, man, what is it that you are grateful for regarding your spouse? Now, we all can find something to complain about. We can all find something that we, we wish they did better or didn't do at all or could improve on. But if we all every day could just say, man, I'm so grateful that my wife does this. I'm so grateful that my uh, that my husband does this. Those things will also help to contribute to your to your ingredients of happiness. Gratitude. Gratitude is a key ingredient of, of being happy. So speaking of gratitude, I'm so grateful. For all of you who joined us here tonight on uh, Marriage, Faith, and Family, you know, with uh, Drs. Herbert and Marsha Bailey on the Kingdom Business Network, 
Awesome. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time we've had tonight. And I thank you, Father, that your word, that the word becomes flesh for us. In other words, becomes practical. It becomes something that we just not hear, but that we do. You said in your word that we are doers of the word. We should be doers and not hearers only. So we won't be like that man who looks in the mirror, who sees what the manner of person we are and then go away without making change. So I thank you that the interest of your word has, bring, has brought light tonight. And we're all better because of it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all have a great night.